Well, praise the name of the Lord. This morning, I just want us to share, because we are just left with one week before we end the year, I want us to talk about finishing well. So my message is entitled, hashtag, finish well. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag, finish well. So, me and uh, the family a few days ago, you know, uh, we were watching a movie. We usually do uh, on Friday evenings. And so, our daughter, you know, chose a movie and then uh, we started watching it. But towards the end of the movie, some things just started going very, very bad in this friendship of these three women. And uh, they discovered some things about their husbands that they were not supposed to discover. And some uh, relationships between them and the kids as well was not going well. And one of the ladies in that movie said something that really touched me. And I thought I could, you know, uh, share the quote this morning. I shared it as well on some social media platform. She said, every story has room for a better ending. Every story has room for a better ending, which means that not every story may start well. You know, not every story may start in a way that you are, you know, happy. Uh, I got new glasses so I can wear them. These ones are not reading glasses. I'm told they are multifocal. <laughs> so, so I can wear them even when I am uh, just uh, preaching. Don't I look cool, eh? I, I look very cool. It's, so, every story has room for a better ending, which means that not every story starts the same. And most of the times, our stories don't start well. So, the way the story starts should not condemn it to end the same way. I don't know where your story is right now, whether it is at the good or it is at the bad or wherever it is. But wherever that story is, according to this statement, it means that it can still end well. So the end of the story, in spite of its bad start, is what God is looking out for. Not actually how it starts. He doesn't care so much about how it starts because I have seen a lot of this in the Bible where prostitutes, you know, are even in the lineage of Jesus. Criminals, you know, became apostles and all those things. Why? It's because God is not so much interested in how the story starts. The most important thing is to start with him, but you start with him from where you are and make the end a great end. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8, the Bible says, the end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. In the New King, that's the New King James Version, but when you read it from the, the New Living Translation, this is what it says. Finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than the proud. So when you look at most of the stories in the Bible, for some reason, God just starts them when things are really going very bad. You know, uh, there are very few stories in the Bible that you read that just started well. You know why? Because the people in the Bible are people just like us. There's a lot of people that think that the people in the Bible are better than us. No, they are not. Actually, if the Bible was written during our time, 
God would write the stories of the people that are happening right now. If you lived during the time of Abraham and you were his neighbor, you would not even know that there was a God story unfolding because he was just a normal guy living next door with his wife Sarah having a lot of challenges. But you know what? Because you are reading it hindsight, you are reading it from the time that the story already happened, you think that Abraham had it easy. So, in the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 1 to 7 it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This, sentence, this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You see, Jesus' mother is pregnant and they go to a place, you know. So what was happening is that if you were coming from Limpopo, you know, during this census, you had to go to Limpopo. If you're coming from KwaZulu-Natal, you had to go to KwaZulu-Natal. You didn't register in the place where you had immigrated. You know, so these guys, they stayed in one place, but then they had to go to Bethlehem to go and register there. The problem was that because there was a lot of people that had come into that city, all the hotels were, were full. And so they couldn't find where to go and sleep. And you know where they went to sleep? They went to sleep next to cows and sheep and goats, probably even some pigs. Now, the problem is that this woman is pregnant and she needs some privacy to give birth to a baby. And because of that, the husband says, you know what, let's just go into that space there, you know, and then you can give birth. So when you look at this passage of scripture, it coincides very, very well with what I was saying that the beginning of a story isn't that much of a problem with God. You can't start in a manger. The greatest story that has ever been told in the world started in a manger. Jesus' story that has rocked the world from the time that it started up to today did not start in a five-star hotel. It did not start in a palace. It did not start in a place that was glamorous, it started off in a place that was actually despised. That is why there is room for every story for a better ending because, man, can you imagine starting in a manger and becoming a sensation for 2,000 years? There is no story that can be told today than the story of Jesus. That can beat the story of Jesus. But it started off in a manger. So I don't actually know where your story is right now. <laughs> your story could be bad. Very, very, very bad. But you know what? It can end very well. It can end very well. Your financial story right now, as I am saying, you could be dodging some landlords. You know, you, you know when, 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 when the phone rings, 
Some people, you know, look forward to answering it, isn't it? But you, where you are at right now, when it rings, the blood pressure goes up. <laughs> you know why? Because that is where your story is right now. But you know what? That story, you could be in a few years from now, the person that makes that call to your tenants. Because your story, the ending of your story, like the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, the end is what God is interested in, not where you are at right now. Because where you are at right now may be depressing. Your relationship could be in serious, serious shambles. You know uh, how people, you know, when things are not good at home, not that everybody who stays late at the office, things are not good at home. Some people's jobs are just too demanding. But I know some people that just look at the playing, playing that game. What is that game on the computer, you know? Like a solitaire. <laughs> After four. <laughs> Everybody's gone home just solitaring, you know? Because they just feel like, you know, I don't want to go to that house. You could be there today. But let me tell you, your marriage could be one of those most beautiful stories. That if you told people that there was a time when you could dread going home, people would be like, is that true? Because Jesus' story started in a manger. It didn't start in a place which had bodyguards and which had all these glamorous things. And that is why I know that every story can end well. Every story can end well. So I have compiled, I could have compiled hundreds and hundreds of stories from the Bible, but I, I took about four or five of them. I want us to look at each and every one of them and see how they started and how they ended. The first story is the story of a lady called Esther. Esther chapter 2 verse 5 to 7, it says, In Shushan, the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jaya, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjaminite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives, who had been captured with the Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. <laughs> Excuse me. And Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Esther that became the queen of this land. She was an orphan. She was <clears throat> taken by a relative and brought up by a relative. She did not even believe in herself. It was the uncle who said, you know what, Esther? There is a contest and I want you to go into. You could be in the same space this morning that things are so, so bad that you have even forgotten the reality, the fact that you can make something great out of your life. Like Esther, she was just packed out there, mother dead, father dead, living with an uncle. Not much. But you know what? The uncle says to her, let's go. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says she was so good that the guy that was looking after these girls had to give her extra information on what to do with the king and that is how she became queen of the land. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how your 
beginning started. It doesn't matter how things started with you or where you are at right now. I can tell you like Esther, the throne is still open. Your chance of becoming a queen is still there if you are still breathing. And you know what? We have one week before the end of the year. I still believe that the chances of getting a Jew wagon in one week is there. <laughs> but it's too short. <laughs> I know I have faith, but this one is a little bit uh, too short. <laughs> okay, I still have faith. My wife is looking at me, she's threatening me. She's like, hey. <laughs> Look, Esther was, was, it, was uh, in a very, very difficult situation, but in the end, she became the most respected and the most revered women of her nation, born and left as a, an orphan. That is the story of Esther. I don't know how many Esthers we have here today. People that really feel forgotten, you know. People that really feel they don't have a dream. The circumstances have beaten you so hard that you don't even believe your life. If you get food to eat for you, that is a big dream come true. You know, if, if, if you buy a certain type of shoe for you, it means a big, very big achievement. Look here. Your story does not differ from that of Esther. It can also end well. You can finish well. Amen? Let's look at another guy. His name is David. <coughs> Excuse me. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11 to 13, the Bible says, And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit, sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was rude with bright eyes and good looking, and the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now, the king of the land had made some mistakes, and God was replacing this king called uh, Saul. And because of that, the Lord called Samuel to go and anoint a king in the house of Jesse. The father of Jesse had children. And when he brought the children to be anointed, he left David out. Because in his mind, there was no way that David would have been the one to become king. The other guys were so much good looking. The other guys had this, this presence. That this is where that scripture which says God does not look at the outside, but he looks at the heart. This is where that scripture comes from. You must understand that sometimes even people themselves, they are going to make you feel that for you, no. You know how they say, you know, uh, you know, it's good to have dreams, but guys, let's dream properly. <laughs> you know, it's good to have faith, you know, but, but we know, you know, people that do these things, you know. You, you, you know, we know people that start businesses, not you. You know, we, we know people that become CEOs of companies, but not you. They, they, they disqualify you. They, they remove you. They bring all these people to, to stand in front of God or to stand in front, and you are not there. But God says, no, you go and get the last one. And you know what they did? They had to go to the bush. I can imagine maybe David was next to the sheep 
smelling a little bit of like sheep and not looking very nice. And then they said, you know what? We want to come and taste, but we know her, but I don't think you will. But just come. The prophet says that maybe one of them. And the, he didn't stand in the queue. When just Samuel saw him from afar, he says, God says, that is the guy. That is the guy. You know how it feels, you know, when we grew up by in school, you know, and, uh, you know, by, by <laughs> my parents were very, very poor, you know, and uh, we used to carry those lunch boxes to school. And um, the other kids would bring food, but it was different food all the time. My mother used to, used to uh, uh, make me uh, uh, pop and... Uh, some, there's a certain uh, vegetable called delele. Delele, it's very terere, it's very slimy, you know? And that's the stuff that uh, I used to carry to school. Very, very difficult times, those. And then we used to have these groups of young children, you know, that you eat together. So most of the times, <laughs> the first week passed, they just see me with my delele, you know. And then the second week, one of the boys says, no. You are just taking advantage of us. You can't be bringing delele every day and eating our meat. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they chucked me out of the group. <laughs> they chucked me out of the group. I cried. I was like, yo. This is tough. <laughs> you know, my daily, you know. And, and, you know, I sat in the corner on my own. Every day I was eating my daily, every day. And then it was during those moments when I started to feel it could end well. Amen? It can end well. You, you, you know, people can rule you out. They are going to say, you have done so much of this. You have not done so much of this. You are not that good looking. Look how short or how tall you are. Men, these things are for yellow bones, guys. Not, <laughs> not you. You are too dark, you know. You, 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 you remember that the guy that you wanted to marry, Oprah. You know the reason why she didn't get married to that guy. The family of that guy said to him, you can't marry such a dark girl. You will spoil the color of our children. Now, Oprah became a billionaire, a multi-billionaire, one of the most powerful women in the world. But there was a time when they said, you are too dark, my friends. <laughs> People are going to rule you out, even your very parents could not say that this boy must be part of the queue, must be part of the line that comes to become king. But you know what? That was the king. That was the king. Seated in David was the king. But everybody thought, no, 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 that's not the king. You could be sitting here right now today. Maybe they've ruled you off because of some mistakes you have made. During school, Instead of doing school stuff, you, you were doing other things and you make a mistake and now you are not having matric. Let me tell you something. There is still room to become a king. They can still come for you in the bush and say, let's come and join the queue. There are still, <laughs> auditions are still on. <laughs> auditions are still on. David was ruled out. The, 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 the third guy, the story of Delele just got me. <laughs> the other guy is Paul. He started off as a criminal. Acts chapter 9, 1 to 6, it says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. 
As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. You see, one of the greatest apostles that ever lived, he didn't actually join the apostleship during the lifetime of Jesus. He was at the end after somebody had done something wrong and then they brought him in. God himself chose this guy. But you know what? He was a murderer. He was a criminal. Not like a small criminal. This was a criminal who even the government knew and he was at this time getting permission from the government to go and kill some people. And that's the guy that God says that is going to be Paul. He wrote almost half of the New Testament. People don't, they, they, they can struggle when people rule them out. They can struggle when, uh, when, when the mistakes are because of their parents and everything. But many people don't survive their own mistakes. The guilt is too big. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter whether it's other people or it's yourself. The bottom line is that it's people. You are a people as well. You could still get to a place where your story is going to end completely different than where you are at today. Than where you are at today. I, I have seen this myself over and over and over over the past 25, 30 years that I have been a Christian. Where, where we see somebody who was really, really down there and out, living a life that you and myself can call a sinful life, being captured by God and coming to a place where their story ends up being the best story. I mentioned in the Bible, you know, there's a lady there uh, in the Bible. Uh, uh, what, what is her name? Um, the, the lady who was a harlot, who was a prostitute. Sorry? Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. You see, in those days, how they built cities. They built cities with a, a wall. The Bible says Rahab's, Rahab's house had an exit on the wall. Special exit. You know why? Because it was tough to go through the gates. The, the, the foreigners would not get in. Herself, her clientele was the city and the outside of the city. And these people could come. But it was Rahab that facilitated the breakdown of Jericho. And it was Rahab who became part of the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are so many stories. It doesn't really matter what people are telling you right now, what you have done or what you haven't done. If you are going to submit your life to the Lord, your story can still have a greater end because God is not interested in everything before today. Amen? Everything before today is irrelevant. Why? Because just like Rahab, your story as well, even if it is your own mistakes. <clears throat> because if you come to a place where you say to yourself, I think it, I am done now, I think I will have to start anew. God is going to honor that. Amen. The other guy is called Jephthah. Jephthah was born from a prostitute. He was a son of a prostitute. It says now, Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of Vela, but he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead 
begot Jephthah. Gilead's wife bore sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and went into the land of Tob. And worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. So they became like a gang, a Jephthah, Jephthah sites. They went out, this gang, I uh, call them Jephthah sites or Jephthahs. You know, they had these big tattoos here like Jephthah. <laughs> they went out and did all kinds of funny stuff. It came to pass after a time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel that the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. Then they said to Jephthah, come and be our commander that we may fight against the people of Ammon. And Jephthah came and he fought and he won and he became one of the judges. Ladies and gentlemen, you must understand, in our time, it's very easy when somebody is born out of wedlock. But this time, it was not easy. These people, this was not like you could even walk around and go to a normal school. They had to chase him out. But it was, even during that time, God was still able to show the people that I don't care what other people think. I don't care whether you are conceived under a tree or in a classroom. It doesn't matter. God can still make you what he wants your life to be. Your story can still end like that of Jephthah, that it ends up him being one of the people that are called judges in the Bible, people that did the purposes of God. Why? Because God does not care how you were conceived. He does not care what people are saying about your lineage. You, you, you know how sometimes even being a, of a certain tribe can be a problem? You know, in many, many countries, there are these tribes, you know, in, in our country, there's a tribe that we usually think that the, that tribe, them, they are the guys that clean toilets well. When you are of that tribe, you know, you are considered like, even if you are black, now you can imagine white people treat us as inferior. What more when your fellow black people? <laughs> it means you are really inferior. But even if you are from that tribe, God does not care. Because a tribe to him is nothing. Amen? Even if you were born through a situation where two teenagers went to a party and came back with you, it doesn't matter. You know why? Because the purposes of God can never, ever be thwarted by how you were conceived. God, today I will use this term, we will locate you. <laughs> today allow me. <laughs> they, they, they went out looking for Jephthah. They went out looking for Jephthah. They said, let us go for for that, he is the guy that will come and help us. But they drove this guy out of their land. But that's the guy that God says, that is my man. That is my man. So I don't know where your story is today. Maybe you are in that space where you feel inferior. It's either maybe how you were born or maybe the tribe you are. Or maybe the country you're coming from, you know, or maybe the, tr the, 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 the family, you know how that uh, these families, you know, they have all these things, you know, your father has six children. And all of them, you know, they passed matric and they went to college, but there's that one guy. And you are the daughter to that one guy. <laughs> and when you go to a funeral, you know, you, you, you can see all your uncles, they come driving nice, but your dad, the way he comes. 
the way he rocks up at a funeral, you know that my father is now here. But even if you were born to that man, let me tell you, your story can never end the same if you want it. If you don't want your story to end that way, there is still room for that story to end well. Because God, it's about the finishing. It's about the finishing. Me, when I was born, my grandmother called me Mavuto. You know, in my language, when they call you Mavuto, you know, it's like uh, maybe in Zulu, they call you Nyembez. You know, like tears, you know. Or Matakala. Like stuff, you know, and, and that's my name. When my, my grandmother saw me, they said, this one, this one is Mavuto. But you know what? I don't care because I know that my story will not end up the way my grandmother wanted it to end. It will end up the way that the God that created me wanted my story to end. I will not allow a human being to put a stamp on how my story should end. I will only allow God to put a stamp on how my story must end. And I know it will end very well. Amen. It will end very well. The last guy, and then we will wind up, his name is Joseph. He is the epitome of this, these stories. He went through so much undeserved pain. But you know what? At the end of the day, I even wrote a book about this guy. Genesis 41 verse 14, it says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved, changed his clothing, and he came to Pharaoh. The story is very long, so I just looked at where Pharaoh goes, and he calls him out of prison. I don't know what type of prison you are in today. We are calling you out. Amen? Amen. We are calling you out of whatever prison that the devil has put you in. This guy was born as one of the children of Jacob and his brothers felt some jealousy because his mother was the favorite wife of Jacob. And according to the lineage, maybe some of you don't know, why <coughs> why when Jacob had to make the 12 tribes, Joseph is not one of the tribes. Did you know that? Ephraim and Manasseh are the two tribes of Israel that were the children of Joseph. But Joseph himself is not one of the tribes. Do you know why? Because Joseph, according to God, was the firstborn son of Jacob. Because he was the son of the wife that he loved, his first wife. You see that? So that is why Manasseh and Ephraim, there are two. In the Bible, the firstborn son had to have a double portion of the blessing of everybody else. That is why Joseph was divided into two. So you get that for free. But this is the guy. This is the guy that went through so much pain. I cannot imagine being sold into slavery. And then because, you know, he was good looking, another woman, you know, a uh, sensual woman, you know, accused him of some sexual misconduct. And nobody believed him when he said it's not true. You know how sometimes people, because of maybe the way you look, they just think, you know, you don't look, you, you, you look like you, you are the one who did it. It's not, it's not true. These people can't be telling us a lie. You know, sometimes you, you look like you, you fit being accused. <laughs> 
And, and when they accuse you, nobody can say it's not true because of maybe the way you carry it, but it's not true. This guy actually ran away. The problem is that when he ran away, they, she grabbed his shirt and in trying to free himself from her, he left the shirt. She says, look, he even left the shirt. And then they put him in the dungeon. For many years he stayed in prison and he never, ever in prison complained. He just believed that my story will still end well. My story will not end in this dungeon. I will get out of here. I know that my friends are through with their university. I know that they are all married and they have children. I know that they live in beautiful estates and I am still with mommy at 40 years old. But I know, I know my story will still end well. It will still finish the way that God wants it to finish. One day, the king said, this guy that you are telling me about, where is he? They said, no, 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 no. This, is, this is one of your prisoners. They said, please call him. And when they called him, he mesmerized the king so much that the king said, you are asking us to appoint somebody to do this work? There's nobody who can do this work. You do this work. And he became the prime minister of that land. The Bible says he was only second to Pharaoh himself. The pain, the shame, the suffering, all those things, it could be just like starting in a manger. Not much respect. You know, a manger is full of dung. A manger is full of smell. A manger is not the best space to start the story from. But it was that story that was going to rock the world. For 2,000 years, it's still rocking the world. It was that story that could never, ever bow. Kings have come. Presidents have come. People have tried to stop this story, but this story gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger every single day. Why? Because if that story started with God, ladies and gentlemen, it will refuse. The Bible says everything that is born of God overcomes the world. It overcomes the world. Romans chapter 4, 16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as if they did. Who, contrary to hope in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. So he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore... It was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham gives the, the blueprint for the stories that we have spoken about this morning. The first one, he believed in hope against hope. Don't ever lose hope. Don't get to a place where you start to feel it ain't going to happen. Never. 
you have to you 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 have to, you have to adopt you know there's a guy in america they call 50 cents he says you 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 get rich or you die trying you get rich or you die trying you don't get to a place where you disqualify yourself look at this guy he believed when it looked impossible. He was an old man. But not just an old man. His wife had gone past the age of bearing children. But he still believed that I know what God said will happen. I know it will happen. Don't allow what you are going through right now to determine whether the promise of God is going to come to pass or not. Because the promise of God will come to pass because God will make it come to pass, not the circumstances that you are going through right now. Trust God who caused those things that are not as if they were. You know what? If you are trusting God for a multi-national business, it's time for you to start calling it as if it was. You're trusting God for a child, and it's been 12 years that you've been married, start calling yourself Mama of Refirwe. Mama of Refirwe. God has given us Refirwe much. Maybe you have been unemployed for a very, very long time. It, it looks like there are no jobs out there for you. Let me tell you something. There is one that has a name. Your name on it. Because there is still room for every story to have a better ending. And for my story, I have always believed that it will end well. Even when I was doing derere every day, I still believed. Today I go to the village, I steal the kids that used to come with boiled eggs <laughs> and all those things. Now I can look at them and I'm like, hmm, boiled eggs. My friend, I eat now pizza. <laughs> I do pizza. <laughs> I, I order pizza, man. You, you, you know, it will end well. It will end well. Don't allow what you are going through right now or what you have gone through in the past to determine how you feel about what God can do with your life and through your life. Abraham's wife had gone past menopause, but still Abraham believed she would still conceive. And she did. And she did. You can imagine a... Uh, 85-year-old gogo, <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like 85-year-old gogo, you know. And the Bible says Abraham was 100. And, and, and you know, these two old guys, they're carrying a child. Let me tell you, it may feel like your time to do certain things is past, but with God, with God. My, my wife likes to sing that song. When he is four days late, he is still on time. Amen. Let us stand. Let us stand. We are ending the year and we want to end this year well. We want to finish it well. You can still believe that God can still do great things even in this one week that is remaining. Don't, don't disqualify yourself. Don't remove yourself. Don't allow what you're going through make you feel that it is done. It is not done. The Bible, it's not the Bible. <laughs> There's a saying that it is not over until the fat lady sings. Until she comes to the front, we know that it's not yet over. So I believe, even with you, it's not yet over. It's not yet over. We can't throw you out. We can't throw you out. 
we can't throw you out. And we have to make that announcement to the enemy today. We have to make it very clear to him that you can still make that which God wants you to be. They can still send out for you as you are looking for sheep. They can still send out to come and look for you when you are still hanging out with that gang. A message will come and say, we need your help. They can still follow you in prison and say, we heard about what you did in this prison. So your story, your story is still ongoing. And room for it to end well is there. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you this morning. We give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor because you are a great God. Thank you for what you are doing in our lives, through our lives, in this church and through this church. I pray for every one of these, your children, this morning. Whatever stage of their story is going on right now, I know that in the end, dear Lord, like the story that you started in the manger, each one of these stories can be the greatest story ever told. So I pray today in the mighty name of Jesus that Lord, let no one come out of this place, dear Lord, without that hope. Let no one come out of this place still feeling the same way that they have been disqualified. That time has passed and it will not come to pass. Let everyone, dear Lord, adopt a new faith. A faith that will help them to know that even if you are four days late, you are still on time. So I thank you. I bless you this morning. And I honor you this morning. Because you call those things that are not as if they are. Because like Abraham believed because the one who promised was faithful and he was able to bring to pass what he promised. So this morning I pray in the name of Jesus that you will believe the God that promised it, not the circumstances that you are going through, not the people that hate you, that despise you, the people that want your failure, but you will believe the God who is calling you out of that prison today. The God who is calling you out of that Egypt today. The God that is calling you out of that gang today. He wants you to join the Jesus gang. And it is this gang that will help you to become that which you, you are supposed to become. So Lord, I thank you this morning. I bless you and I honor you as I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the name of the Lord.